0: The preseason is over. The Baltimore Ravens fall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 26 to 20. We talk about what we can take away from that game. Look at preseason winners and losers. Also talk about early roster predictions and so much more coming up next year on this weekend, live edition, instant reaction version of Locked on Ravens. You are locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens Live, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostryker of Wire here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here on this Saturday night, late Saturday night, making us your first listen each and every day or night on this show. of free and available on podcasting platforms including in video form on YouTube as we burn that almost midnight oil. And today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. That's underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code On. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100. We are back here talking about another Ravens preseason loss. So they won those 24 straight preseason games. Now they're going to lose 24 straight, right? It's, 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 it's almost a given they're going to do that. But this last preseason game, the Ravens obviously don't don't opt to play their starters. Lamar doesn't play. Roquan doesn't play. No, no, no starters play, and that was the right decision. But there is some stuff to take away. The preseason's done. Runs the regular season, but we have roster cuts. Final roster cuts coming up on Tuesday. They changed it, so it's all the way through. Fifty three. You go down to fifty three on you know one one day. So there are going to be a lot of guys who make this roster, but. Unfortunately, the way the business goes, there will be a lot of guys who don't. So we'll get into early roster predictions in the final part of the show. But I do want to talk about the game with the Buccaneers first. Baltimore in this game started Josh Johnson, who to me, I mean, he was one of the biggest winners of the entire preseason for Baltimore for multiple reasons. But I think that he's somebody that now there's a different conversation around him now. Because a lot of people are saying, well, not only is Josh Johnson quarterback three, he's quarterback two. And I kind of say pump the brakes a little bit because I still think Baltimore holds Tyler Huntley in that QB too light. But in terms of what Johnson did on Saturday night, he was incredible. Six of nine for 95 yards and a touchdown. But what was one of the most impressive sequences to me of the entire preseason for the Ravens, maybe in the entire NFL, was that first drive the Ravens had that. It was four plays, 80 yards, and it was it was incredible. I'll read off everything that happened on that drive. The Ravens' defense, they force a three and out. Baltimore gets the ball. Josh Johnson, four plays, 80 yards. It was a 19-yard pass to Charlie Kohler, a 15-yard pass to Tylen Wallace, 22 yards to James Perche, and 24 yards for a touchdown to Laquan Shredwell. Now, th- then Johnson comes back in, the Ravens punt, and he actually has a third drive, but that was it. Jo- Johnson only played three drives for the Ravens, and that, to me, indicates – that he is probably going to make the roster. Now, this is kind of, I guess, a spoiler for the final part of the show. But to me, I think that the Ravens will keep three quarterbacks. They were a big proponent in actually getting that rule approved in the NFL. And I think they value having that third quarterback there. Now, the third quarterback has to be on the roster, but does not count against the 53 or I guess the 45 they're activated for game day. So that's really big. And Johnson, I think has earned that. I actually don't know if Josh Johnson makes it through waivers. Honestly, at this point, he had a really great preseason overall for the Ravens. And with teams, teams look for quality quarterbacks. There are certain positions where you always look for quality depth. I mean, you do it everywhere, but there's more of an emphasis on the, on the, what I the premium positions? I'd call them quarterback, offensive line, corner, wide receiver, Teams are always looking to add those types of players to their offense and to me at least that is it's indicative of the fact that I think for Baltimore they're going to have a lot to figure out with what they want to do with their roster I think for Josh Johnson he probably makes the team overall. And we have the live chat popping here. We have Kevin Wright saying, "Let's go!" Rush saying, "What up, Kev?" Rico saying, "What up, khaki Kev?" There you go. We have Rico using my nickname, McKenzie, saying, "Big fan, Kevy." That Kevy's a new one. I haven't heard that one. I appreciate you tuning in, McKenzie. Rush said Todd called a great drive initially. I agree, especially in the fact that this was against Tampa's first string defense. Like I, I, people. Are talking about, oh, well, the Ravens' defense struggled here. And yes, they did. We'll get into that. But the Ravens, again, did not play starters. We've seen in two straight games, the Ravens go up against first stringers. Tampa also played some of their first string offense. and In fact, I think they played almost all of it. The Ravens haven't played those guys. We haven't seen them all. We haven't seen any of these players. So to me, I think that the fact that Todd Munkin was able to do and look, it wasn't just Todd Munkin. The players executed. They had a really good first drive. But the fact that Todd Munkin called that up and was slicing up this this Tampa Bay defense that was playing Devin White, was playing all their guys, to me, makes it even more impressive. John Lucas in the comments saying, my first live, I listen every day on my way to work, but never make a live. This year feels different. Go Ravens. I appreciate you. And I'm, I'm glad you caught the live here, John. Thank you for listening. And yeah, so just a little tangent. We do these now after every single Ravens game. So obviously during the regular season, it'll be those probably four four thirty five PM stream times instead of these late late nights because preseason happens late in the late in the afternoon. So or late in the late at night, but the live streams, the regular season will happen late in the afternoon. So a little bit better timing wise. These streams are really fun though. Daniel's saying, man, Shaq Barrett would have been an awesome pickup for Baltimore before he signed that deal. Did Shaq did I miss something? Did Shaq Barrett sign an extension with Tampa just now? I don't regardless Shaq Barrett. I mean, I would have loved Shaq Barrett in Baltimore. Don't get me wrong. I think the Ravens pivoted enough. I think Clowney was a fine pivot for them with Ajabo away, Clowney, Bowser, and Robinson. That's fine to me. We'll talk about Ajabo over the course of this. He was someone that I struggled, but there's interesting conversation around him. Other stats from this game, though, just going back into the Tampa game, Anthony Brown finished 12-21 for 171 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Did have that really bad fumble where it felt like, or it's felt like when Anthony Brown runs the ball, he has that Demarcus Robinson ball secured. At, you know, the Shady McCoy where he holds that. It's not quite the Demarcus Robinson was like swinging the ball everywhere anthony brown wasn't quite like that but he was holding it with one arm instead of just tucking it with two and an offender comes over and punches the ball out that's a way to get into john harbaugh's doghouse and uh, boy did we see john harbaugh not very happy with uh with anthony brown and the ravens we saw john harbaugh yelling at the d john harbaugh was not happy in this game for most of it obviously baltimore lost it at the end of the day there but i want to give a shout out to owen wright quickly he was a guy that i was pretty harsh on last week and you know saying and he did not have a good game to be fair but i said you know he probably played his way off the practice squad owen wright had a great game he, he was one of the ravens best players on the field 12 carries rating nine yards and a touchdown for him also caught two passes for 11 yards he did a lot and obviously keaton play playing this one well, melvin gordon didn't really get a lot of run the ravens threw the ball 23 times or they threw the ball 30 times compared to 23 times excuse me but owen wright showed burst showed explosiveness and I think he's back in the conversation, not for a roster spot, but for a practice squad spot overall, wide receiver wise, Dante Demas, Jr. Welcome to the NFL. What a game. This was the Dante Demas Jr. Game here is he had two receptions for 86 yards, 43 yards per catch is ridiculous. Even if it was two catches that's a deep threat guy, and it's crazy because he's 6'4", he's a Maryland guy, and a lot of people who watch the Terps know what he can do. And Rakeem Jarrett was on the other sideline, Rakeem Jarrett did incredible for Tampa, was their leading receiver for receptions for 48 yards. So a big Terps night for uh, the Ravens and the Buccaneers. But Demas is interesting to me. I think Tyler Wallace is in that six wide receiver spot. We'll get into that over the course of this. But Demas was someone who I initially had pegged for that spot and the reason why was because his skill set is different than what the Ravens have. Odell is not, you know, a six-four guy, neither is Zay Flowers, neither is Rashad Bateman, neither is Nelson Aguilar. They don't have that like 6'4 big body go up and get it type receiver. Dante Demas is that he showed that in this game tonight. So he's an interesting practice squad guy to me. I think he, he hadn't really shown a ton outside of this game. He had the potential, he had a couple of nice reps against the commanders and their joint practices. But to me, I think if you can have a practice squad, like ideally to me, James Perche on the practice squad, Laquan Treadwell on the practice squad, and Dante Demas on the practice squad, if you keep three receivers on there, that to me is a pretty solid practice squad wide receiver group, in all honesty, because you have two big guys in Demas and Treadwell and James Perche, who I think is a practice, like obviously probably not going to make the roster, but as a practice squad guy, I'm all for that. Sean Ryan had a really tough drop, and he was super hard on himself that on Instagram after the game, calling himself a bum. So that you know that, that was tough to see. I, I feel bad for him, but he's a guy that could maybe be that fourth practice squad wide receiver if they go that far. He had one reception for nine yards. Defensively, I didn't think there was a ton to take away. I thought Delshawn Phillips played really well. Tay Hayes. Tay Hayes is super interesting to me. He, he has he has a really intriguing skill set. Seems to be really smart and know the game in general. I think Tay Hayes, I he, you know, came from the Lions after the Marlins stuff and all the corner injuries, I thought it was going to be a cut, and that was that. I actually think, I he, I think he might have played his way onto the practice squad. I think Baltimore likes him. Jeremy Lucian is someone I also think has played his way onto Baltimore's practice squad. He had six tackles in this one and a pass breakup, so I think those two guys are, are players to watch. Jalen Armour Davis had a somewhat disappointing game, not totally, but you know, somewhat. Gino Stone did not play very well in this one. He was in the area of that touchdown to Chris Godwin, and I just didn't see him have a very good game. Caillou Kelly had struggled. I think he was in the, the first drive, it was in the area of a couple of completions, or maybe the set, like the first quarter, I think he struggled, but he stepped up in a huge way as the game went on. I, I give Caillou Kelly a lot of credit for his resiliency, not only in this game, but also obviously in that Washington game where he was toast. And he had that big pass breakup to give the Ravens a shot to win that. Jeremiah Moon, I think, also played well. We didn't really see a ton of Darius Washington. I think he has secured his spot. I would, I would think, on the roster. And Trenton Simpson is some guy. Is a guy who I don't think did necessarily super well. I think, honestly, if the Ravens keep Delshawn Phillips, Trenton Simpson might be behind Delshawn Phillips on on the depth chart right now. I think that's where Trenton Simpson is. I think that's where Delshawn Phillips is. As well, David Ajabo only one tackle in this one. He's he's a he's a learning he's learning right now. The preseason was an opportunity; it always was an opportunity for David Ajabo to learn. You know, I don't think I was expecting Ajabo to go out there and just you know click it all together on the first snap. Now there were those high expectations on him. I think some people had those expectations. And I think that was pretty unrealistic for him because for Ajabo he still has to learn the NFL game. And for me. That's something that does not just, you know, click right away. It, it takes time. And the fact that they brought in today, and will help him. He'll be fine. A David Ajabo will be fine. But I think that, you know, pegging him as a pro bowler this year and, and all that, 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 that's a little lofty. I won't lie. It's a bold prediction, but. I still think he'll have an impact, but I think this was a great learning opportunity for him this entire preseason. We saw the struggles in run defense, the inability to seal the edge, and was going inside, and the running back would take it out. So I'm excited to see what a job can turn into, but some struggles, some learning growth was expected from me, so it wasn't necessarily a, a huge deal. But coming up in the second part of the show, I'll be diving into overall preseason winners and losers who secured spots on the roster, who played their way off of it, something we talked about last week. Be sure to stay tuned here, though, on this Instant Reaction live edition of Locked on Ravens. First, though, this episode is brought to you by Harry's, and you can shave for a lot of people. You can shave for yourself, your partner, your kids, but... A great shave can make you feel really good. You know, it can give you confidence, make you feel attractive, clean, young. No matter why you shave, Harry's has it covered for the best shave of your life at a price you'll love from their legendary high-quality Rage's Skin products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion. Harry's gives you a premium shave without the premium price tag. Get better quality and a better price than other Rage's when you get Harry's delivered right to your door. And the Harry's Trial Set, it is incredible. It makes the shaving experience a lot better for me and, and for others as well. And the packaging, it looks great. The razor looks sleek as well. It makes you feel really smooth on the face. And for me, I have a little something going on with facial hair right now. I usually don't, but it's been a pretty hectic day. So I just decided to keep it. But Harry's has me covered when I want to shave something off here on my face and make it a smooth shave. And for Harry's, a smooth shave is just $13, a $13 value here with the starter set. But for just $3, you can get that at harrys.com slash NFL. Smooth shave shouldn't be rough. On your wallet, the starter set includes a five-blade German-engineered razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. You can schedule delivery for refills as low as two dollars—half of what you pay for other blades. Harry's makes the skincare products that will give you the best shave ever. Creams, washes, lotions will keep your skin healthy and hydrated. Blades made in their own factory in Germany that stay sharp. Guys who have tried it say their eighth shave is as sharp as their first. They have a sleek handle; it looks great in your bathroom and gives you precise control with each swipe. There's no reason really not to try Harry's. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, and they're still offering a no-wish trial. Unlike your shave, no worries. It's on them. Get your best shave ever this summer with Harry's razor and skincare products. Get a $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com NFL for a $3 starter set. We're back on second segment of Locked on Ravens on this instant reaction. Live edition Saturday night, Kevin Ostreicher. Still here with you talking Ravens. They fought to the Buccaneers in the final preseason game, but we're done. We're we're, We're over the preseason. We're talking regular season football now. Well, at least the Ravens will play that, but we still have one more segment to get to actually for preseason, but it does pertain to the regular season in terms of overall winners and losers. To me, I think that a lot of players impressed. There were some that I think played their way off of the roster, and we had that whole conversation last week if you want to go back and check that out. But I think Josh Johnson. He, he was interesting to me. I thought Anthony Brown was ahead of him for the third quarterback job, but we didn't really hear a lot of, about Anthony Brown out of camp, and we were, I was kind of thinking, well, what's this third quarterback position going to look like for the Ravens? Josh Johnson comes in and does really – I mean, he does well. He's someone who's obviously very well-traveled. That's very well-documented about all his stops. But I think that he's one of the Ravens' biggest winners here. I think Keaton Mitchell also justice Hill too. Keaton Mitchell and justice Hill, both guys, justice Hill's spot was never in jeopardy. To me, the Ravens signed him to an extension. He plays special teams. Well, has improved incredibly as a runner over the course of the last year or so he was never in jeopardy, but Keaton Mitchell, the Ravens have a decision to make on him. They, they have the shoulder stinger that he suffered in the Washington game. Didn't end up playing in this Tampa game what it's kind of like, what do you do with him when you have all these other positions, you got to iron out. I, if Keaton Mitchell gets cut by the Ravens, he is not getting on the practice squad. A team will claim him. I am 99.9% sure. I, I don't speak in absolutes totally, but I'm pretty sure Keaton Mitchell would get claimed based off of how good he has played or did play for the Ravens in the preseason. But I think a player that, is a different skill set in a position as a good player to have and Keaton Mitchell gives you a different skill set than JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards and justice Hill He gives you that speedy catch me if you can thing. And that is what the Ravens need. Not that, you know, he, Keaton Mitchell's not gonna, you know, make the Ravens win the super bowl or anything just because he's on the roster. He can obviously contribute to that if he is but I think he's been one of the biggest winners for Baltimore for sure this preseason. Tylen Wallace too. We remember all the conversations we had about that six wide receiver spot. I mean, we were talking, is it going to be Laquan Treadwell, Dante Demas, is James Perche going to step up? Can it Can another one of those undrafted players? Are they going to sign a veteran? Who's it going to be? Tyler Wallace, I think took that thing and, and did not let it go. Two touchdowns in two games for Tylan Wallace. Good catches, obviously good gunner work as well. was working as a kick returner too, or a punt returner in this one. He, he was doing it all for the Ravens. And I think he is pretty surely had, he, he has that six wide receiver spot in his hand. He is not letting that go, which we will get to in the final part of the show, but I'm I'm super impressed with him and I'm happy for him too. Obviously had a serious injury at Oklahoma state came back from that. Hasn't had a ton of opportunities in Baltimore, but I think he is the right man for the job there. James Percian on the other hand, I think is probably a loser for them. He actually, you know, didn't have a terrible game. He actually was fine for the Ravens in this game against Tampa but the mistakes early on in w- against Washington, against Philadelphia, and I don't I don't want to call the the Washington one a mistake because the ball was underthrown a little bit. It was, on, I think, half Josh Johnson, half James Brochet, but he just didn't do enough to outshine what Tylan Wallace did. I think as a practice squad guy, I'm, I'm definitely fine with James Brochet, but I don't think he made the roster. Tight end-wise, Charlie Kohler has come on strong. Isaiah as, as Likely goes out with the injury, and he hasn't played. Charlie Kohler, though, led the Ravens in receiving against the commanders and was second on the Ravens in receiving against the Buccaneers, whereas Dante Demas didn't have – just if he didn't have one of those two 40-plus-yard catches, Kohler would have led the Ravens for the second straight week. Travis Volklak, I think, is also a winner. Was relatively quiet in this Tampa Bay game. It was a really impressive catch he had. It was one catch for five yards in the fourth quarter, but it it was a strong hands catch where the Tampa defender was fighting him all the way. And Vokalek held on to the ball, strong hands, didn't let it go. So I was impressed with Vokalek and what he had. It's gonna be interesting to see what the Ravens do with Vokalek. I think the Ravens will lose Vokalek if they do not place him on their roster. Four running backs, I think is a much it's a much easier argument to make than four tight ends, which we'll get into in the final part of the show. But I don't think Volkolek necessarily makes the roster, but I think he did enough to like, I think he did enough to make the roster, but I don't necessarily think that he is going to because of what the Ravens have at other positions they have to deal with. John Simpson, a huge winner. John Harbaugh announcing that he's going to be the starting left guard for the Ravens. He has won that competition. And if you remember, speaking of six wide receiver, we had so many conversations about that wide receiver spot, but also about that left guard spot. Who's going to win the left guard spot? Who's going to step up? John Simpson was one of pro football Focus's best guard get best offensive lineman players of the entire preseason graded out super, super highly, he showed physicality, he showed strength, he showed the ability to understand assignments. Now it's a little different when you're going up against obviously regular season football, all first string defense, but if you remember the Ravens did go up against the Tampa first string defense here for the most part. And I think John Simpson, even though he didn't play in this game, it's it gets a testament to the entire Ravens team that they were able to go up against these starters in the second and third preseason games. Now, Salah, on the other hand, I think was a loser. Not just look, is a guy that always needed development. When the Ravens put him in there to start at left guard and and he was, you know, mentioned in that conversation. I was pretty shocked. He he was very raw coming out of Oregon. Definitely just need a little more time to get acclimated to the NFL game. It wasn't gonna all click for him. And I never really thought he was going to start. I thought it was going to be either a Simpson or my dark horse was Falele, which was a big miss, funny enough. But Simpson earned it. The Ravens need a veteran. They need, they need to protect Lamar. And for me, I think Simpson is definitely the guy for that too. On defense, I think some of the biggest winners we saw, Travis Jones played incredible for the entire preseason. There, there's definitely a shot for him to carve out a massive role on this defense. Malik Ham is someone who I thought played really well for the entirety of the preseason as well. Delshawn Phillips, who we talked about in the first part of the show, played super, super well. Ardarius Washington, amazing I, just, I don't want again, I don't want to speak in absolutes, but I am pretty sure he has a spot on this roster. Honestly, if the season started today, I'm very adamant that he he would be the Ravens starting slot corner. He is that good. So I think that he showed the ability and the willingness to tackle did not falter in the moment. Kevon Seymour, I thought had a lot of good reps and he, we didn't necessarily see him. I don't even know if we saw him at all in this game. I don't know if he, I don't think he did play. So he's somebody that I thought really impressed losers. I think Trenton Simpson, I was expecting a little more from Trenton Simpson overall. And and Daniel here in the comments saying Simpson needs to develop. He was a monster at Clemson and rush said Demas and Jarrett both had great games for the turtle. That's right. Yep. Turtles were showing out in this game against Tampa and Daniel saying, "Kevin, do you think Roman's offensive playbook was just a disaster overall because of the scheme? When what would be different from Todd's offense? Well, to me, the issue with Greg Roman, it wasn't just playbook, but the thing with Greg Roman's system was that it it, it had no structure. It felt like it felt like Greg Roman's system was predicated on running the ball, and you know if that was working, it was it it almost felt scripted, where." he wouldn't make adjustments. And regardless, you know, JK has spoken out about this and and other stuff where if a guy had a hot hand or if there was a player that was doing really well, or there was a a scheme flaw that they were exposing on defense, or there was a play that was working, it just felt like it was always premeditated that they were going to go away from X and go to Y, regardless of what was going on. It feels like Todd Munkin has a much better feel for the game And the scripted part of the Greg Roman thing is that Lamar didn't really have that freedom. We've heard Lamar talk about it, Todd Munkin talk about it, John Harbaugh talk about it. Lamar's going to have the freedom in this offense. So it was a disaster for multiple reasons, plus the fact that Baltimore never got to the line on time. The play clock was always five, four, three. It, It was a disaster that way. It just felt sloppy. And I think with Todd Munkin, He's, he's just on his P's and Q's more. We, I, I give credit to Greg Roman for what he did what he did in 2019 and, and the historic offense that he had and, and some of you know he was not this like bottom five offensive coordinator, but he clearly just he half stayed as welcome, is what it was. The Ravens were not growing enough under him. I think Todd Munkin has the ability to take this offense to the next level, and, and that's just what they need overall. But yeah, other than that, you know, Caillou Kelly was a push for me, struggled at times, but came back and made some plays. So the preseason is done, the regular season is coming up, but we have the regular season with roster predictions and the roster predictions we'll be making right here in our final part of our instant reaction Locked On Ravens Live edition. So be sure to stay tuned. Plan to talk about here on Locked On Ravens but first, this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. And I'm a big fantasy guy. We have the Lockdown Ravens Fantasy League drafts coming up. I'm going to try to schedule those at the beginning of this upcoming week. So we still have some room if you if you want to join the Lockdown Ravens Fantasy League. We have room both in regular season and Dynasty Leagues as well. And August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. And get championship ready for your home league by trying out Best Ball Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one life snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Under- Underdog does really good, a really good job with the Best Ball. And Best Ball is really interesting. It's a new twist on Fantasy. And all you, got, you can try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, largest fantasy football contest of all time is back. And even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. It's underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code locked on and get your first of all doubled up to $100. It's Fantasy promo code locked on. Back here, our final part of Locked On Ravens here on Saturday night. I appreciate you spending time with me here on Locked On Ravens. You know, it's a Saturday night. You, you could be out, you know, out at the bar. You could be having a drink with your friends. But I appreciate you tuning in with me on Locked On Ravens, talking Ravens football. And, and today, actually, it, it's a very special day for multiple reasons. Because, one, we're we're done with the preseason, but it uh, it's also – It's also my girlfriend's birthday, so I want to wish a very happy birthday to you, Alyssa. Thank you for for being you and doing everything and supporting my work here on Locked on Ravens. That's a big thing about what she does. So the support is great from her, and the support is great from everybody out there as well. As we have Bentley James saying, let's go Ravens and O's. And Fresh Beat Production saying, bring on the regular season. Let's go Ravens. Yeah, it's, it's exciting, right? We got the regular season, but... First, we got to figure out what the roster is going to look like. So I've done roster prediction episodes and we're going to talk about my roster here. Now we're going to be doing a little bit of live math because usually, you know, when I record the shows, I'm able to figure it out and just do the math then, but I have my old document. We're going to figure out the live math. So three quarterbacks for me, I think that's pretty much a given The, the Ravens with Tyler Huntley, Lamar, and Anthony Brown. Obviously, Lamar being first, that's just the order I read it. But Anthony Brown was my pick to start. You know, that's my old list that I have. Obviously, Josh Johnson has replaced Anthony Brown on this list. Brown, to me, is a fine practice squad player. But to me, my three quarterbacks are Lamar, Tyler Huntley, and Josh Johnson. I think for running backs, it's pretty easily four. Now, there is a chance, there is a shot the Ravens only keep three. Because what you could do is if you don't, feel like there's a role for Keaton Mitchell this year I think there could be I think there honestly should be but if the Ravens don't feel that way they can put Keaton Mitchell on IR you know maybe the shoulder injury is a little weirder than they thought you know quote quotation marks right you kind of teams have done that where they've made an injury be a little more serious than it actually is to stash a guy for a year but maybe you keep three running backs and you can keep an extra offensive lineman an extra corner an extra inside linebacker I would advise against that personally but my four running backs, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell. There's been a lot of conversation about Patrick Ricard and what the Ravens should do with him. He's on my roster. I think he's too good and too versatile of a player to cut. He's not going to have the role he had in Greg Roman's offense. There's going to be a lot of plays where we would have seen him in Greg Roman's offense, where we're not going to see him in Tom Munkin's offense. But that doesn't that doesn't mean he's not going to be on the roster. I still have him. Then six wide receivers, Rashad Bateman, Odo Beckham, Zay Flowers, Devin Duvernay, Nelson Aguilar, Tylen Wallace. Pretty easy six for me. In practice squad again as i as i've mentioned james perche laquan shredwell and dante demas will be great maybe sean ryan is a fourth guy but that to me is a fine group three tight ends mark andrews as a likely and charlie kohler i think that's a pretty that's a pretty fine way i t- vocal X, guy i'd love to keep but i just i don't see it with the way the roster is now one of my interesting predictions is right now i have baltimore keeping eight offensive linemen maybe nine and i can see them keeping nine if they have a couple of handshake deals with guys Ronnie Stanley, Tyra Linderbaum, Kevin Zeitler, Morgan Moses, Passion McCary, Daniel Falele, Sala, and Trenton Simpson. Well, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, eight. And then Sam Mustafer could be the nine. I actually think here a hot take is Ben Cleveland actually has a better shot of probably making the roster than Sam Mustafer does. I think I'm fine with the Ravens having Patrick McCarry as the backup center. Mustafer is someone that, you know, if they want a pure backup center, then sure you can keep him. But Ben Cleveland has guard versatility, and I think that they could keep him around. But I think eight offensive linemen, maybe a guy gets cut, and then they bring back someone because they have a handshake deal with a player. So it's interesting because usually, you know, teams like to keep nine, ten offensive linemen. But to me, I don't know what they do with that position. Moving to defense, five defensive linemen for me. This one wasn't totally hard. Justin BK, Broderick, Washington, Michael Pierce, Travis Jones, Brent Urban. Maybe you keep a six-guy on a handshake deal like an Antonio Blackson or a Rayshod Nichols or something, but I, I think they're going to keep five, and that, that's totally fine because guys can play inside. Like Shadavion Kanu, you can play him inside. You, you can push guys in. it' Afe oh, you can push him inside, too. So I'm fine with them keeping five big boys on the interior. Outside linebackers, I have five. Rafael Owe, David Ajabo, Tyus Bowser, Tavis Robinson, Jadavia, and D- Clowney. But here's the thing. If Tyus Bowser is on the NFI list come week one and they keep him there, they don't activate him. Bowser doesn't count against the roster right now until he's activated. So that, that that's the ability. Maybe you can keep a Ben Cleveland, an extra inside linebacker, an extra corner with Bowser on IR, or on IR, on the NFI list, excuse me. That gives them an extra ability to keep one player that maybe they wouldn't have been able to keep if he was on the active list. Inside linebackers, I have four guys. It's Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Trenton Simpson, Malik Harrison. Now, again, maybe you can keep Delshawn Phillips in place of Tyus Bowser until Bowser comes back and then you figure it out. But I think that these four guys will probably make it. And then Phillips is the fifth guy for sure. And then that will be the toss up for whether he makes the roster or not. I have eight corners making the roster right now. Part of the fact, because they have to put Marlon and uh, Pepe Williams on the regular season roster, or else they're going to have to spend the year on IR. So I have Marlon Humphrey, Asin, Ronald Darby, Caillou Kelly, Jalen Davis, Pepe Williams, Ararius Washington, Kevon Seymour. I could see them reaching a handshake deal with Kevon Seymour. I also anticipate them reaching a handshake deal with Daryl Worley, which they did multiple times throughout last season. But with the way it is, you probably put Pepe Williams on IR, and then that becomes Daryl Worley. With Humphrey, I don't know. There's been no timeline for him. He'll be back, but we just don't know when yet. So I don't know whether that means he'll be back, you know, in the week, you know, maybe the, I don't know, Steelers game, the Browns game. He could be back week four, week five, week six. I I don't know when it will happen for him, but they have to find players to keep on their roster of that position. And not risk losing two waivers, which Kevon Seymour maybe a team likes what they saw from him. Ardarius Washington, I think he gets scooped up in an instant, so you got to keep those guys around. But they have really interesting practice squad guys. I mentioned Tay Hay, Jamie Lucian as well, who has that corner safety versatility. So there are a lot of players to me that I like in that spot. I have four safeties: Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, Geno Stone, Brandon Stevens. This one is pretty easy. I mean, I think that a lot of the players, like again, harris Washington can play some safety if they bring back Daryl Worley. He can play safety too. Pepe Williams even can play safety. I think they have enough safety versatility where you only have to keep four like pure safeties. I guess Brandon Stevens is a corner safety, but I'm fine with those four. And then special teams is easy Justin Tucker, Jordan Stout, and Tyler Ott. So I hope, hopefully, that is 53. So three, four, one, six, three, eight, five, five, four, eight four, three, hopefully that's 53. <laughs> I haven't had the opportunity to do the math, but again, a lot of it, a lot of it is in flux because of Tyus powers being on the NFI list. Who's going to be back on handshake deals. Who will the Ravens put on IR and what players they'll keep at other positions? Because maybe there'll be a guy or two that gets cut from a team that the Ravens really like and say, Hey, that that's a really good fit for our roster. It's already, it's already a crunch though. I'd find that pretty difficult but practice squad players, I would like to see. I think Anthony Brown will be great. Travis Vokalek, I have mentioned the three wide receivers, James Brochet and Dante Demas and Laquan Treadwell. Uh, offensive linemen, there are a couple undrafted guys. I mean, Rayshad Nichols on the practice squad would be nice. Jeremy Lucian, Tay Hayes, both corner You know, guys. I think they could be defensive back practice squad players. Kristen Welch on the practice squad would be great. He's a guy that I didn't have on my roster. But there are a lot of Malik Ham. It's another guy I'd like to see. So it's going to be a really interesting 48, 72 hours for the Ravens as they maneuver their roster. It's always tough. I always say that, you know, I'd rather be a team that has players like they have 60, 65 players you really want to keep instead of a team that has 30, 35 that you want to keep. And then you got to say, oh, well, I don't want to keep these guys on our roster. We kind of have to, and even though they don't play well. So Baltimore has a lot of depth again. I think we, should, we saw a lot in the preseason and I'm excited for it. Daniel saying, Kevin, just thinking out loud, but I think EDC is more willing to go after a big ticket free agent or after big ticket for agents, whether it be offense or defense. I feel like if Jones doesn't get a new contract, EDC could call. It could be. I'm interested to see, you know, Jair Alexander's got a guy I haven't floated, but I've said I would love Jair Alexander. It's look, it's probably not happening. In fact, it's very likely not happening, but there are a lot of players that could help the Ravens. The, these big ticket swings, that Daniel said that I don't think we saw a lot of like the Roquan Smith deal. I don't know if that happens without with, o- with Ozzy in charge. You know, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. And Ozzie did so many great things for the Ravens over his time. Ozzy's someone who's is, is one of my favorite people in, in Ravens organizational history. But I think the approach by both guys, that it, it's similar and different, and both work just for different reasons. And so for DaCosta, I agree. I do think that he what what Ozzy did, so Ozzy's thing was he would give guys longer leashes, I think. Because with Ozzie, it was if you were a Ravens draft pick, you were pretty much guaranteed to make the roster, your rookie season, and you would have a leash to have a couple of years of development and see if you were the guy. With Eric Acosta, I think he is more willing to get to cut bait with a guy if it's not working. Obviously, we've seen that with multiple of his draft picks, but he's more willing to do that for the betterment of let's just get a guy in here who's going to do it now. Part of that has to do with the Ravens' contention window, where, you know, the Ravens, you know, coming into the season, expectations have been super high every single season for the Ravens. Obviously, with injuries, it hasn't worked out that way for some of the years. But I think Eric DaCosta is more privy to in season adjustments than Ozzy was, where Ozzy wanted to build the team and just let it gel for the entire season and see how it worked. And, and both strategies worked. Obviously, Ozzy won, you know, the, he's Super Bowl and all that and everything. But I think for DaCosta, his, his play to, address weaknesses when they happen is is a lot more of a, not a s I don't want to say skill set, but it's something he does more than I think we saw Ozzy do, which is fine. Both guys, again, really good for what they do and really good at their jobs. Bentley's saying Snoop and Pro can go if I had to say Tyler probably stays, Prochet probably goes, but comes back on the practice squad. That's my prediction there. But I appreciate everybody hopping in here, tuning into this episode of Locked On Ravens. Of course we'll be back here on Monday with our regularly scheduled Monday episode talking Final roster predictions and much more. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here on Monday on Locked On Ravens here.